Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the latest edition of the Ain't Easy Being Green podcast, broadcasting to you live from beautiful, amazing, picturesque Crystal Lake Studios in Westchester County, New York. My name is Keith Farrell. I'm joined, as always, by the number one Jet fan in the state of Texas, none other than my colleague and co-host, Michael Lagaris, everyone. Jet fans, I know we've seen better days. I know we've seen better days, guys. Head up, chin up. We'll be all right. Yeah, Mike, this is not – I know we're coming in a little late, guys. Me and Mike both had a lot going on this week, so I know a lot of maybe the fire and the rage and the anger directed at the Jets and the franchise and the coaching and the way they played for the Seahawks. Maybe it dissipated a little bit. Uh, I know if we did this podcast maybe Sunday night or Monday night, I might have been ranting or raving, um, you know, losing my mind, Mike. But it's really hard. I was thinking to myself, Mike, I'm not the type of person, you know, when you watch a team play in sports – that lends myself to that negative way of thinking, the same old Jets way of thinking. Other fan bases and other sports kind of prescribe themselves to the fact that the past dictates what's happening in the present and the future because it's been negative. I don't live my life that way. I think it's kind of naive to live your life that way. But the same old Jets thing, Mike, (laughs) you know, that thing, which I always dismiss, even though I'm 42 years old and I've only seen excruciating torment and heartbreak this whole time, I dismiss it because I don't want to give in to that negativity, right? And then you have games like this, you know, and years like this. And I understand this year has a lot of positives, Mike, and we'll get to those in a week or so in the future. There's plenty of things to point to that weren't disappointing about this year. I don't think this is the time to do that. I think when we're talking same old Jets, What fans are talking about is two weeks in a row with the season on the line, you get your asses kicked. Outscored 42-9 to the past two weeks by the Seahawks and the Jaguars of all teams. You come out this weekend, still have a glimmer of hope here, 60-yard touchdown, no, well, not a touchdown run, but 60-yard run on the first play of scrimmage of the game. That's the same old Jets to Jet fans, Mike. That's what we see. People say same old Jet fans. When you have zero points in the second half of a game that you know you need to win. That's the same old Jets. I think about 1994 when I'm little growing up and people say same old Jets, same old Jets. I'm like, that's not a real thing, guys. We're 6-5, and five, Pete Carroll cruising. Fake spike, Mike. We don't win another game the whole season. 6-10, and ten, the season ends. That's when it starts. You start thinking, man, maybe the same old Jets... Could be a thing. What was it? 2000 and, um, 2000, uh, 2008 with Brett Favre. Mike, we're 8-3. We go 1-4 and four down the stretch. Same old Jets. 2011 uh, with, with Rex. 8-5, and five, lose three games down the stretch. Same old Jets. 2015, all you have to do is beat the Bills. Last game of the season, they lose the game. Same old Jets that you come to this year, 2022. 
which has been more positive. Maybe people didn't think we'd be in there towards the end. But you can't look at the season and go, look what we've done already. We're, 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 when we're at seven and four, feeling good about ourselves, you can't go, look what we've done already, man. We've already had this good year. You don't get these opportunities that often. I don't care if Brees Hall's hurt. I don't care if ABT's hurt. I don't care about the injuries. I don't care about the games we barely lost that we could have won. You still had a chance this weekend, Mike. We still had a chance. And we came out and played one of the worst games of the season. They had no fire. Did not seem like this was a game they needed to win. They did not look prepared. On offense, on defense, on special teams, and when it comes to coaching... They lost everything across the board, Mike. That, that's how I feel. I mean, they, they've been outscored 42 to 9 the past two weeks in the two biggest games of the season. I know our defense is great. Our defense is much improved. But in these past two weeks, we've given up 344 yards rushing to the Seahawks and the Jaguars. And this is in these big spots, Jet fans are conditioned to think we're going to fail. This is the way they programmed us. Even these years like this. Mike, we try to tell people, look, we're going to beat the Jaguars. We're better than them. We're a positive. We, we, well, actually, no, you, you might have been on the fence, Mike. I said you were more realistic. I was maybe more pie in the sky thinking we had a chance. We go out, we play like we did versus the Jaguars. We come this week, Mike, the same thing over again. I mean, it's hard. It's hard to watch a QB struggle the whole game versus the, the Jaguars, not see him get pulled. It's hard to watch this last week, Mike, when Mike White looked less than 50%. He looked compromised. We know he's not playing this week, so obviously he was injured, Mike. He doesn't get pulled. There's a lot to get into here, but it's hard not to look at the people that say same old Jets, same old Jets for me and to argue with them anymore. Because even years like this, when we're 7-4, and four, we have six games left, Mike. We looked at it, and me and you said, look, 3-3 three and three is happening 100%. We're getting 10 wins. That's a lockdown. We've lost every single game since then. So it's a remarkable turnaround, a remarkable way the season's ending. Quarterback play has a lot to do with it, Mike. But the same old Jets, that mantra, it seems like it's crept back into people's psyche this year, Mike. And it's going to be here to stay until we do something about it. I can understand that. I can understand why people would feel that. I found it very interesting that Tyler Conklin, after the game, said that they just came out flat. I mean, that is an indictment on coaching. And in the biggest moments, in the biggest times when you needed your team to play with that energy and that fire that's required, they didn't play with any of it in any portion of the team. And it's and it's and it's sad that that we're seeing that. And I'm I'm gonna tell you right now that in Miami on Sunday, Sal is playing for his future world, if that makes sense. Because if they continue to play flat. If they continue to show that this team cannot just get off the ground the last three weeks, you are going to have leadership going in and saying, hey, Robert, Bob, you're going to have to make some changes, okay? Because, you know, we can say whatever we want about Calabrese, the quarterback, young quarterback, coach, didn't fail, in my opinion, with Zach Wilson. LaFleur failed, you know, in trying to develop uh, the young quarterback, and also um, be able to continue to try to push this offense despite the poor QB play. You have to be better at designing plays and, and executing. Um, so Salah is going to have to make some decisions, uh, and some of these decisions may not even be his decisions. The JD, Woody, 
you know, management may come down and tell him, hey, you're going to have to make some changes. So this game coming up here against Miami, we can say, hey, you've had bad QB play, and I understand that. Mike Mike was compromised. But your special teams, Braden Mann, the receivers dropping balls, the linebackers not getting, uh, not tackling the way they needed to in, out in the flats. You know, that that 60-yard run like you just talked about to me was just inexcusable. I mean, the moment that play happened and then Mike White came after that with the interception, I just, I just sat there like same old Jets. <laughs> and I hate that narrative. But I said, this is, here, we, here we go again. And I'm sure every single Jet fan that knows and loves this team felt the same way. Right out, right out of the gate, you know, games like this, you as a coach, and you, we can say whatever we want about Rex Ryan, you know, go looking back, but Rex had the team ready, even if you know they were injured, even if the things that guys were flying around, and and that's why before when I said to you, Keith, we got ourselves a coach. When I saw the Jets playing the way they were playing, like their hair was on fire, yep. Salah had this team rolling. But then after that, uh, honestly, from that Detroit game on, you could just feel it. And I think injuries have a part of it. I think I, I just think that, you know, in the end, um, what I have seen from this coaching staff is not good enough. And I'm not calling for any changes. That's not what this show is about right now. I know you and I are going to get heavy into the offseason, heavy into yeah. what we're going to be doing from a free agency perspective. But all I'm going to say is that Sunday, this team better come. I don't need a win. Robert, you better show all of us that you know what you're doing coaching this team. And you better have this team ready and prepared. I want fighting. And I don't care about draft position. I don't give a sh. I don't care. Mm. I want this team fighting. And I want to end the season saying, you know what? Yeah, maybe we had just had seven wins. We lost six. But at least this team stood up and fought in the end. And I saw the vision that this man has for my team. Because if they fall flat again, I'm not calling for Salah's head. But I'm definitely calling for changes within his system. Yeah, Mike, I think that's very well put, man. I think a lot of people, I mean, I heard we have Jet fans asking you and me, Mike, if Salah should be fired if they lose this weekend. I mean, people have gone that far. You've seen articles saying that. I think that might be a little bit of an overreaction, but the, the way the season went, Mike, you, you mentioned the Lions game. And I think kind of, I, I hate, you hate to do this because he's a rookie, right? And Bam Knight was still able to run the ball pretty decently, but it seemed like the identity of our team, like we couldn't figure it out once Bruce Hall got hurt. We, we we got into a groove with Hall. Even that first Dolphin game, Mike, Hall had almost 100 rushing. Then he had those two catches for 100 yards versus the Dolphins that first game. He was the whole offense the first time he played them. He goes down, and then we had some, obviously, some turbulence there with Zach. Mike White comes in, and we're throwing the ball all over the place. Um, He goes down. Zach comes back in, and we have no idea what to do. I mean, when you're a good coach – you know, you you know what your your identity of your team is, but you allow yourself obviously to go outside of that if you don't have the personnel. And I don't think Salah knew what to do once they figured it out. All right, we're going to run the ball. We're going to be this type of team, limit mistakes. Um, and then Zach goes down. They had to run the offense a little bit differently with Mike White. It looked a little bit better. 
But they lost a ton of close games this year. Um, Mike also, I mean, that goes to coaching, lends itself to coaching. I think that we weren't able to, as I mentioned, the second half of the year, we kind of lost our identity. I know the defense is good. Um, they didn't play well the last two weeks, but that's kind of what I mean. It's like if down the stretch, man, if, if the offense is faltering, you got to lean on your strengths. Our strengths this year was defense. And in this game versus the Seahawks and last week too, to a certain extent, uh, they just did not show up for us, Mike. Defensively, the Seahawks' first three possessions, they scored. You know, it's 17 nothing before you can even blink. Now, they only scored two more field goals the rest of the game, but that's really all they needed because we only kicked two field goals the whole day. But that 60-yard run at the beginning by Walker, Mike, they had a 41-yard reception a couple drives later by DJ Dallas. There, that's 100 yards on two plays. That was in the first quarter. I mean, this, this team had almost 200 yards in the first quarter on the Jets. Um, going up and down the field, Gino 18 for 29 on the day. They had 38 runs for 198 yards. And it kind of seems like that's how teams have been attacking us. We'll get into this Dolphin game in a moment, what we think about what they're going to do. Uh, man, but I am I, a little disappointed here. I mean, I'm still on Salah's side, Mike. But when we're 7-4, and four, I think realistically we felt like we're going to at least go 3-3. Three and three. You know, we'll get to 10 wins. I mean, looking at the schedule, it seemed like that was kind of a no-brainer, whether it's Zach in there or Mike White in there. But that's not what happens. And when you look at this weekend, man, if he loses a sixth game in a row heading into next year, um, and, you know, they don't – in two games in a row here where they don't even show up, Mike. And like you said, kind of a coach is one of your biggest jobs as a coach. Obviously, X's and O's, you got to have guys locked in, prepared, watching tape, have a good scheme, know what the other team's going to do, et cetera, et cetera. We all know that stuff. But also having these guys ready to play. I don't think Jets walked on the field and in their minds didn't know what was at stake. Of course, they knew what was at stake. But are you playing that way? Is there a sense of urgency? You know, Herm Edwards maybe wasn't the best with X's and O's, but you could bet your life when teams went out there after hearing him give a speech, they're ready to play. They were hyped to play. Rex Ryan, as Mike just mentioned, hyped to play for Rex. I know Rex had his Rex had his um miss short shortcomings too as a coach. We know that. Rex never developed anybody in the offense. We know that. But the team was ready to play. And I haven't seen that the past two weeks here with Salah. Mike, I mean, you also look at the timeout situation in that Lions game. We I mean 30 more seconds on the clock, we kick a field goal. That game goes to overtime. That's on the coach right there. You can't put that on Zach Wilson, who played okay actually in that game. Uh Mike not pulling Zach Wilson in that second Patriot game. Where like you're just doing nothing all day, and you left them in there the entire game into the end. They return a punt, we lose the game. Not pulling Zach maybe in that Jaguar game. Mike, I mean, he was struggling in that game. Maybe yank him a little earlier. Let's see what Struggler can do. Mike White this past weekend obviously was compromised. Obviously couldn't move the ball. So there's been some mistakes here from Salah, Mike. 11 and 22 overall as a coach. I think there are some question marks here heading into next year. I think they're going to have to take a long look at the offensive side of the ball uh, and the floor when it comes to coaching. I know a lot of times the offensive coordinator can be a scapegoat for players not playing well. Um, I think in this case, Mike White didn't look 100% to me at all, Mike. He just, you know, if anything, he was decently accurate passer and he couldn't get the ball to the sideline. His passes all looked off. Even, I mean, the, the receivers didn't do any help. Garrett Wilson had a big drop on fourth down. Receivers dropped balls too. But he wasn't putting these balls necessarily in the perfect place. Mike. Yeah, I mean, I think you're hitting on the main point here, okay? You know, I think I said to you earlier, you remember uh, Peyton Manning when he was on the Denver Broncos. He had a game where he threw seven or eight touchdowns. Pa and Patrick Mahomes also had like a seven 
touchdown game. You know, uh, amazing, right? The since 2019, Sam Darnold's second year, Sam was the last quarterback to throw for more than touch, 10 touchdowns in a season, a starting quarterback for the Jets. Oh my so God. if you really want to like lock in on the problem, the I'm about to curse. The quarterback <laughs> play for this team is so bottom. It's so, so bad. And yeah. that to me really is at the genesis of why we suffer from an offensive perspective. Brees Hall overshadowed Zach. If Brees had never gotten hurt and ABT had never gotten hurt, we would probably still, Zach would have never gotten pulled. I agree with that. He would have still been in there. And That's a good point. Said, and the thing is, we said that. We were like, yo, have Brees, have the identity of the running team. We'll have a great defense. And Zach will kind of like, hopefully over time, we thought he would just kind of get better, you know, yeah. but uh, in a way with losing the ABT and Brees, we got to see true Zach and, and seeing true Zach, you know, we, um, I, you know, we all had enough. We've already had that discussion. I know the sure. Jets trying to save face saying that they were going to try to, uh, you know, help him, but I just don't see it. But again, that's another conversation, but we need a quarterback. And I think that a guy like Mike LaFleur, a brand new offensive coordinator uh, coming over from the Kyle Shanahan offense, um, you know, he needed a veteran quarterback and not a rookie quarterback and not a rookie yeah. head coach being thrown in there. And I think that, you know, there was some ignorance when this team was first put together that they could just go grab a bunch of neophytes at important positions and put them all together and feel like they were going to be able to make har harmonious music together. That yeah. was such a ridiculously horrible idea and it just got shown to us in our face. So Robert Sala and Mike LaFleur, if Mike LaFleur stays, and I'm not averse for Mike LaFleur staying because I have seen this offense work. So have you. We, I know we're angry right now because the quarterback played. Mike White wasn't wasn't doing good. Zach was hurt. Uh, the, the offensive line is completely busted up. I know <laughs> Dwayne Brown and Fant, they're all out on Sunday. Nate Herbig, the O-line is completely destroyed. Um, so I I understand, you know, the, the, that aspect of it. But, you know, when I, I've seen that this offense ha has been able to work in the past, and I feel like what's going to happen – is Robert Sala, if allowed to keep Michael Floor, they're going to go with their safest bet to make sure that this team is able to execute at its highest level. Because let's make no mistake, next season, Joe Douglas, the general manager, Robert Sala, the head coach, and this entire organization is on notice. Oh yeah. The entire oh, yeah. organization. and. And, and and you could say playoffs are bust or whatever. The team better execute next year. So you're going to need a quarterback that's not 31st. You're yeah. going to need a quarterback that can we get a quarterback out of the 30s? Can we have that? That it's 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 so apparent the problem. Yeah. Get a quarterback. Just yes. I, we're not asking for Mahomes. Someone. That yeah. can just move the offense and not turn it over and lead three and outs. Yeah. Just get someone. And we've been fighting this battle 
for decades. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, for decades, bro. Why is it so hard? You, you got Brock Purdy out there. He's Mr. Irrelevant. The guy's up for rookie of the season. Why the hell can you not find that? Yeah. Find a damn quarterback. <laughs> I'm, I'm done. No, with, I agree with you. I'm done with, I'm done with this. Yeah. JD better find one. And, and that, and that is, that is, that is it. And once that happens, Keith, things change. Things change. All of a sudden, wow, the offense is looking better. Wow, the running game has started. Wow, these receivers were looking good. The defense is better. Because you got someone that's executing the offense. Yeah. They need to do that. That is priority number one. The most important thing. We're going to have many conversations. But let's just be freaking clear on the problem. It is the damn quarterback position. End of story. Yeah, I mean, there's no way. There's no way around it. If you look... This season here, guys, even even Salah, who, um, you know, he has his shortcomings this year. We'll get into some of the things he did positively, Mike. But this year we went from Zach Wilson gets hurt before the year starts. So we go from Joe Flacco to Zach Wilson to Mike White back to Zach Wilson back now to Strebler in the middle of a game. Right. Then Wilson has to come back in. And then now we throw Mike White out there. He gets hurt. And Joe Flacco's back in there. So. I mean, we've been all over the place when it comes to quarterback play. And like Mike said, for a really long time, from Sam Darnold till now, our quarterbacks have been right at the bottom of the league. McCown was pretty decent before that. He was McCown was what Mike's talking about. He was average. You know, like my, we're not looking for a Porsche or a Rolls Royce. You know, we, I'll take a, a Toyota Camry right now, Mike. That's all we need. Just give me a nice, reliable car. That's, just give me something reliable you can count on. And that's what Jet fans are looking for and what we need next year because a lot of the other pieces do seem like they're in place. Look, we have to get the offensive line situation figured out. There was snake bin with injuries this year, even before the year started with Becton going down. All the injuries piled up as the year went on, Mike. We know that. But no touchdowns the past two games. Two biggest games of the year. They couldn't get a touchdown, Mike. They managed to get three field goals the past two weeks. Four touchdowns the previous four games. So, I mean, this is this is kind of what Mike is talking about, guys. Only 279 yards of total offense this weekend. They gave up four sacks. We know Mike White guys struggled. Two interceptions. He fumbled the ball also. They had 75 yards rushing. They only rushed the ball about 17 times. I don't know why the balance was so off there. I think LaFleur, Mike, you've seen a lot of times this year where the Jets get down. Even with a reasonable, even within a reasonable number. This game, this game was 17 to 6 at halftime, Mike. I, I know how the stats look. I know how Jet fans feel. It's not, it's not like... It's not like at halftime it was 37 to 3. They're down by two scores at halftime. And still, when this game shakes out, Mike White throws the ball 40 times. We only run it 17 times. So on the balance wasn't there. I think there's a lot of improvement to be made on the offensive side of the ball, Mike, when we dug into it before the show started. Defensively, if you just look at last year and you look at this year, if you want to know why we improved last year, excuse me, if you want to know why we improved this year, I think we all know it, it really didn't have anything to do with the offense. As good as Garrett Wilson is, as good as good as Brees Hall is, until we get a quarterback, the offense is going to continue to struggle. Last year, our offense was ranked last in the NFL, as we know. Last in the NFL, guys, ranked 32nd. This year, we're ranked 26th. I mean, it's not like we're much better when it comes to offensive yardage. Um, Points-wise, last year, we averaged 18.2, Mike. That was 28th in the league. This year, we averaged 18.1 which is 27th in the league. Exactly the same point scored as last season, Mike. When it comes to rushing the ball, where mentally it feels like we were better this year, last year we averaged 98 yards a game, Mike, which was 27th in the NFL. 
This year, we average 103. Now, I know Brees Hall going out affected that, Mike, but that's 25th in the NFL. And then when it comes to passing, last year, we averaged 203 yards passing. This year, 225, kind of the middle of the pack both times. But again, when Zach Wilson's in the game, we average about a buck 80. So, I mean, their offensive numbers were putrid last year. They are barely better this year. And you look at the last five games, 22 points, 12 points, 17, 3, and 6. I mean, that's not going to get it done in the NFL right now. And then you flip to the defense, Mike. We were 30 seconds in defense this year. We're third. I know they didn't come up clutch in the most recent two games. But even when it comes to scoring last year, we were last in the NFL, giving up almost 30 points a game. This year, we're um, number six in the NFL. Sacks were number seven. So all the improvements we made, if you look at the stats, are all on the defensive side. No, defensive. But yeah, it, like, there's, no, there's, nothing, there's nothing, Mike. All the stats are basically, not to interrupt you, they're basically like a hair better on offense and we and you said i want to point this out because before the year started mike we said jack fan said this year would be successful if we see improvement from zach wilson right win loss record it is what it is we just want to see zach play well and improve instead as the year went on he played worse right but the team in itself improved everywhere else got better around him the opposite happened where everything around him mike got better and we got wins when we were like, oh, who cares about wins? We got the wins. The first 11 games, we had seven of them. And Zach stunk. And so our perspective changed. I think for Jeff, when we kind of forgot, if we just go back to before the year started, well, man, wouldn't it be cool if Zach got better? And it, it's just funny how perspectives change on Zach, on the team, on everything. That by last week, we had some expectations to try to actually win the game. And once again, it's just even though it wasn't Zach, it's still the offense that always seems to drag us down like yeah, always. And from a defense perspective, uh, that D-line, beast mode, it's going to get even better next year. Secondary, from a, for a cornerback side, I mean, say what you want. Best best cornerback tandem in the NFL, man. I mean, it's... Mike, what did DK Metcalf do this weekend? He had one catch for three yards. Nothing. That's nothing. The only... I, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but the two bright spots of the game, defensively, I mean, in the second half, the defense played fine. But Sauce and Reed played great the whole day. Yeah. Once again, they couldn't do anything when it comes to so, their receivers. So our our biggest, you know, the, and the de- like you said, the defense is the best improvement. But we already know that there are areas in the defense that we're going to have to get fixed. The linebacking core, C.J. Mosley, you know, we need a definitely upgraded linebacker. And the safety position, you know, definitely needs work. And when we make some changes at that in those two positions, the defense is going to be even better next year. I mean, I, I'm expecting this. We're already a top 10 defense. We actually have the number one defense, according to PFF, in the NFL, but according to PFF over the season. Um, so, and you just saw like the number one defense get ripped up by Stidham uh, on Sunday. So, um, you know, I, I think this defense is going to be even better. So, if we can make a significant jump and offense and not be 27th, 28th, Okay, yeah. if we can score more than 18.1, 18.2, if we can run the clock like we can from a from a running back perspective, this t- that's why I said to you when I thought Mike White was the answer, I, I could definitely see this team making a Super Bowl run because when you have a defense that can get to the quarterback without blitzing and you have a lockdown secondary, if your team is able to score 25, 30 points a game, you are going to be a problem. Yeah, and the, and the, and so I hope that Woody Johnson and JD and all the Jet Brass understand the opportunity that's in front of them. 
this team can compete, not just for a playoff, but for a championship. And many Jeff fans are probably laughing at me right now. No, I believe that. I believe that because of how good this defense can be. And we have already seen it. We need to get the offensive line absolutely updated. I think the receiving core is getting much better. I wasn't yeah. really happy with some of the tight end stuff. And we're going to get into all the positions later in another show. But the biggest component to success, and I'm sorry I got all emotional, because this is just something that I've had to live with my whole life, <laughs> is we just need to get a fucking quarterback, man. That's, that's it. And, that, and, and, and again, Derek Carr, Jimmy G, you know, Aaron Rodgers. I, I honestly I don't care. Just yeah. Give me somebody. Give me somebody. Just but anybody. Anyway, I digress. Look, it's just it always seems like the times that we have certain parts of the team working, other parts aren't. You know, it just that's the history of the Jets right there. Right now, it does seem like we have a lot of things in place to be good, but the biggest mo the biggest uh, most important player I should say to any team's success in the NFL, we know is the quarterback. So if that's the position you're struggling at, you're never going to be successful. That's just Thank the way you. that it works. No matter how good your defense is, no matter how good your run game is, um, even a good coach can't overcome really bad quarterback play. It just doesn't work that way. I mean, not for nothing. We've harped on it a million times, but Bill Belichick's record when Tom Brady's on his quarterback is not that good, guys. I mean, if you want to take the time and go check it out and do the math, knock yourself out, but Rex Ryan has a better winning percentage than Bill Belichick. When Bill Belichick doesn't have Tom Brady. Yes, I'm including the Browns years, but you have to. He was a head coach for the Browns. And he's still searching for that first playoff win in his career without Tom Brady. Good quarterback play matters. Uh, and we're not looking for Tom Brady, like Mike said. It'd be great to have Tom Brady in here. We're not looking for a guy even at that level. Just give us something decent enough. And we have a defense that looks like even next year when we do some tweaks here, safety has to get fixed. Mike, I mean, maybe. I think Qu I think CJ Moles will be back. I think I'm not sure about Quincy Williams. We'll see what happens with uh, Quan Alexander. I think he's going to be a free agent after this year. I think it was a one-year deal. But the defense as a whole, that's not – the defense has places to improve, but they're like minor improvements where you look over at the offense and you're like, all right, Brees Hall solid. Our, our wide receivers looks like we've got two good young ones. Conklin looks decent enough. Uh, but they got to figure out this offensive line, Mike, and then the biggest question obviously is going to be the quarterback play. That's going to probably be the whole offseason. You know you what? Know? You know what? I know we're about to play Miami, and I want to I want to ask you something, Keith. If I said to you in this century, in 2000th century, I said, "Hey, what would you rather have had experienced? Would you rather have had um, four playoff victories, two championship appearances, um, but at the end of the?" Of the, of the of the of the of it you have a 12-year drought of not making the playoffs or if i said you only had one playoff victory in the last 23 years period which one which one would you would you sign up for well i'll go for the greatness short term and sucking for 12 years because you get a little something and you have a few years of, of happiness then one playoff win over decades and decades since That's you how I'm and I, since you and i became friends because you and i became really good friends around 2000 around that time frame where i knew you but we didn't yeah. become close since yeah. we've been close you know that the miami dolphins have had only one playoff victory just one That's unbelievable that's unbelievable but the, jets, but the jets are oh they haven't made the playoffs in 12 years right yeah yeah no, Look, I don't. You know how trash bag the dolphins have been trash <laughs> and i would love nothing more and to go into Miami with Joe freaking Flacco 
slinging it around and and knocked the Miami Dolphins because they were talking Super Bowl hard. Oh yeah, Woo! they they beat the Bills. Man, my that Finn fan, they were out there thinking they were going to be taking over the world, and they're they're on a down they're on a down slope just as bad as us. So, a Skylar Thompson versus Joe Flacco on Sunday, boy, woo! That's going to be fun to watch, right? Who would ever thought we you coming down to Week 18 here, final game of the season, everything on the line here for the Dolphins now, and they got to throw Skylar Thompson out, but they get Joe Flacco to go against. What a what a quarterback! battle right there no one would have ever predicted michael and yeah the dolphins have been putrid for a long time now when we were growing up with dan marino they were in playoffs every year and they were contending every year even even after dan marino um with ronnie brown ricky williams they were pretty good there for a little while too but i mean it's been a long time since they've been good the dolphins have no reason to talk any smack to anybody and i mean but what happens with the jets mike is they're they're stigmas we've spoken about this many times certain fans uh certain fan bases certain teams um it happens in life with politics things like that there's stigmas that surround people and there's a stigma that surrounds the jets and it's one of negativity went from bill parcells coming into the door in 1997 until rex ryan left i think rex left in 2013 i mean they made the playoffs six or seven times the jets were, were really good for that whole stretch right but you can't me and you now it's 12 years ago so it's hard for us to point at that anymore you know it's hard because when me and you were like 31, 32, we're like, yo, Jets are Jets are a team. We mean me and you were getting thrown out of Italian restaurants, Mike. We're screaming during Jet games. Like we were we were losing it back then. But Jets, that was a big game. Jets Titans. That's when Brett Favre had his best game. We went eight right. that night. Uh, right. We had a lot of good times, but it's been it's been a long time since then. I think that's why so many fans reacted so negatively this week. Because you kind of we kind of got our hopes up there in 74. You know, I, I'm, I tend to be pretty logical with the Jets, win-loss, who I predict. I predicted way more wins this year than I probably should have just off the fact that I got swept up in it too, Mike. You and I have been doing the show five years. We had three years of Sam Darnold. Now we've had two years of Zach Wilson. All right, we had Todd Bowles, Adam Gase. Now we got Robert Salah here for two years. We've been going through it too, doing the pod. We're hoping for some success. So I think that even caught me up in there. But all that put aside... Jet fans, I mean, you play this game for wins and losses. You want to make the playoffs. You want to do as good as you can. Once that's set aside, you know you're not making it. What's the next best thing? What's the next best thing you can do is to take out your enemy. That's right. Can we ruin the Dolphins' season? Oh, yeah. I want it. I know Jet fans want it. I understand the past two weeks are demoralizing. The past month, all of December, we lost every single game the whole month. Demoralizing. The way Zach played stunk. Mike White injured, looked like garbage. All of it, get all of it. But if we end the season taking this dub on the Dolphins and ruin their season, Mike, we kind of just drag them into the gutter with us, oh, right? It. Two losses to the Jets this year, that would be the reason you didn't make the playoffs? I mean, it doesn't get better than that. So I understand the context of the game is not what we wanted it to be because we were hoping we'd be going for a playoff shot here. But look, if we can ruin the Dolphins' season, that would be tremendous. Hopefully, it doesn't benefit the Patriots anyway. That would be a nightmare for us. Um, but coming into this game, I mean, the Dolphins' offense with Tua was pretty efficient. I mean, they're a top-10 offense with him. The way they operated, we know in the short passing game, he's really, really good. And in the short passing game, that's where his receivers excel too. So it's a good combination. I think that's something maybe we didn't um, pay enough credence to before the season started, which is Tyreek Hill and Waddle. They're really good for a quarterback like him because they'll take a three-yard pass and they'll go 20 yards. Or they can take a slant and, you know, turn into something amazing. But with Skylar Thompson in there, I don't know if I'm as worried. I mean, the first game we played him, Mike, 
we tore him up. Last week, he didn't look that good either. Now, their their offense has a lot of playmakers, and they're playing to make the playoffs, right? So, you know, they seem to be fired up. But their two biggest weapons, Mike Hill and Waddle, 3,000 yards combined between the two of them. But not a lot of other not a lot of other weapons on offense. Mostert's not that bad at running back. And it does look like the past two weeks, at least, teams can run the ball on us. But look, what the Jets are going to do, Michael, is they're going to say, Skylar Thompson, go ahead and try and beat us. We don't think you're that good. We have Reed. We have Sauce. We have a tremendous secondary. We're number two in the league against the pass. Yep. We're going to rush four guys on you. We're going to have linebackers right at the line of scrimmage for Mostert. We're going to make them throw the ball to beat us and see if this kid can do it. Because the only chance they have right there is to, is to be able to run efficiently against us. Because I don't think Skylar Thompson is going to beat us, Mike. Um, I know we predicted, man, not five in a row. I've been a lot of wins this past month and been wrong a lot of times. I know we're throwing Joe Flacco out there, but I have no faith in Skyward Thompson. And I think the Jets are a little embarrassed the way they played the past few weeks. You taking a dub? You taking a dub? I think this is what I think, Michael. I think they're embarrassed the way they played the last few weeks. I don't think Joe Flacco's a great quarterback. We all know he's not. You know, five touchdowns this year, three interceptions, the greatest miracle comeback of all time versus the Browns. But I don't think the Dolphins' defense is that good. They're middle of the pack. You know, I think Skylar Thompson stinks. Mike, what if Skylar Thompson goes out there? They can't run the ball. They're in a second and long, third and long constantly. He throws three interceptions. I mean, that, I mean, that's not outside the realm of possibility. I think the Jets defense is going to dominate in this game. They have not played good for two weeks. I get it. But the Dolphins are not going to be able to run the ball. Geno Smith, say whatever you want about Geno. You have to worry about him in the passing game this year. He's been really efficient. Trevor Lawrence, Mike, one of the best up-and-coming quarterbacks in this whole league. Both those games... Or games where you look at the QB and you say, man, we got to account for him. We got to watch out for him. This game, they're not doing that for Skylar Thompson. I know he has some legs. They're not worried about this kid. He looked like he didn't even have to play quarterback versus just that first game. But he got thrown in the fire, I understand. But I have no faith. If I'm a Dolphins fan, I'm worried about this game. Joe Flacco or not. Because the Jets have been embarrassed now. Lost five games in a row. New York are calling people's heads right now. Jet fans are not happy. Oh, they're calling for people's heads. Robert Sala doesn't hear that or know that. Or obviously, he wants to avoid losing six in a row. That goes without saying, guys. But I think this is probably a bigger game for the Jets players, the coaches, than Jet fans realize. Because this is about your self-respect now. That's right. You were seven, That's what I seven said. And, this is your seven and four, right? You lose six in a row to end the season. That's a, That has a certain vibe to it, man. That's a vibe, right? If you're seven and four, you lose five in a row, disappoint your fan base, but you ruin the Dolphins season, take a dub at the end and go eight and nine. Which is the exact record you and I predicted, Mike, before the year started. I'm not saying I'm not saying we went on a limb. Go ahead. Do you remember Joe Judge last or uh, yeah. last year? He wasn't supposed to get fired, and then that last game of the season happened mm. when he was kneeling on third down. Remember that? Yep. Son, cost him his job. Cost him his job. You play. You play. You got to you coach, player, front office, even the fans, man. We got to rock to the very end, you know, and go hard to the very end. And like before the year started. Michael, you and I both predicted eight. I think you had nine wins and I had eight wins or, or vice versa. So we were around the ballpark here of what we're probably going to end up. And it's probably going to end up being a decent season once we have time to take a step back and take a look at it. But I understand, Jeff fans, why the negativity um, is overflowing from last week and the week before. Totally get it. I'm there with you. I was disappointed also. I'm in my chat with my friends, talking to people off the ledge about firing Salah. But they can do a lot towards changing that feeling if they could take a dud this weekend. I mean, it might and, seem meaningless. And, and Mike, draft draft status, look, they could have as high as, I think, the 8th pick or the 7th. 10, 
Oh, that's the highest yep, they can have. That's the highest okay. they can go. Okay, so because last because the Raiders, game. because there's uh, the Raiders and a couple other teams. Oh, strength of schedule, right? Yeah, so the same strength of schedule is crazy. They all have yeah. the same one, so it's yeah. crazy how it's all going to play out. The Saints and whatnot. So we'll see. But yo, you know what's the biggest thing that I am looking for a takeaway from this week, man? It, it's it's very similar to what we were just talking about. Um, what we just said about you know Joe Judge got fired on that last game and. You don't want that self-respect. When you look over at the Miami Dolphins and all the money and all the investment that they made, that's supposed to be a Super Bowl roster. Yeah. And if they don't make the playoffs, I have already been reading that Ross, Stephen Ross, is talking a one and done with, with the coach. What? And he's already talking about trying to bring in Tom Brady. Now, I could tell – that that owner does not like Tua. Yeah. I know. I know it. I know he sees the trash. I know it. I know he sees it. And he's always been skeptical. But I'm kind of yeah. like, yo, please, please blow that up. Because I, I, think, think, that coach, a good coach. I think that coach is great. I'll yeah, be yeah, real he's good. all Jeff fans. Yo, the only reason why that Dolphin team is because it has talent and it's got a really good coach that knows how to run an offense. I'm telling yeah. you, that guy, that guy, I don't want to hope Jeff, they're not all hearing me, but yeah, he's good. And if, if they let him go, I'm, I'm like, yo, bring him to the Jets, man. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so right, yes, right. yes, please, please, let's beat him and then fire the whole team. Blow it up. <laughs> all right, Jet fans, well, we'll be back at you next week. Hopefully we get this W this week. We'll do a little, uh, we'll talk about the Dolphin games next week, do kind of a season review. Maybe we'll grade the, uh, coaching positions offense defense all that type of stuff maybe give some of our awards out we'll see we're also going to have a uh, playoff predictions coming up so we'll still be rolling still be doing our thing here at abg man it's a bummer the season's coming to an end but um right now it's hard to see it it's hard to feel it but uh there is some i think there's some bright times here in the future for us which is not how i felt ending the season maybe pretty much every year since we started the podcast mike maybe darnold's first year he played well at the end of that year so i felt good but all the other years, you ended the season, you're like, man, I don't really know where we're going right now as a team and as a franchise, where I think we do have a direction at least next year. I mean, we, yeah. we might have had the offensive rookie of the year if Brees Hall played the whole year. We have the defensive rookie of the year in Sauce. He's also a pro bowler. Um, you know, Garrett Wilson is a game-changing wide receiver. Max Mitchell looked good, a tackle when he was in there and got a chance to play. Clemens looked good when he played, Mike. Um, ABT looks like he's going to be tremendous. So, I mean, with all these great young players, it's good. It feels good. But we got to give Jet fans a, you know, we'll give them some space, Mike, and time to mourn the season first. And then the offseason, we'll get into all our hopes and dreams and aspirations for next year. I don't think that this team is as far away to being a, a Super Bowl competitor than everyone thinks. I know it feels bad, but I'm telling you right now, the talent that this team has, we make the right moves in the offseason. We're going to be a problem next year. Yeah. The team's going to be a problem. I'm, tell yeah. I'm, I'm telling you right now, but again, we just got to make the right decisions. Yeah. And look, man, I mean, obviously, if you have a really good quarterback, your team does well, but there's plenty of good quarterbacks. I mean, Aaron Rodgers has been searching for that second Super Bowl for God knows how long because the other parts of his team weren't complete, you know? So um, we're kind of the opposite right now where it looks like we have a lot of places in pieces, a, a lot of pieces in place. I said to Mike, you know, if you had the checklist in front of you, here's all the things you need to win a championship. A lot of those boxes are checked right now for the Jets. You have an elite corner. You need that. You have a, you have a defensive line that created pass rush. We have that, you know. Um, on the offensive side of the ball, we have playmakers, Brees Hall, Garrett Wilson, Elijah Moore. So they have a lot of the things, but the biggest box is that QB box. And we don't have that checked right now. So we'll see what happens moving forward. This offseason should be fun, Mike. A lot of, uh, who, who our quarterback is going oh to be will be the goodness. biggest topic of next season. We know it's... 
regardless of what Salah said, we get into it, Mike. We're, we're going to talk about it, but we're going to get out of here. A lot of coach speak from Salah when it comes to Zach Wilson and having faith in him and this and that. Uh, he's a player's coach, Robert Salah. He's not going to bash Zach Wilson. He's not going to say this kid didn't. Look, at Zach's stats are worse this year than last year. I mean, he didn't get better. You, you can't blame the Jets. This isn't a Sam Darnold scenario where you're like, oh, well, he didn't have weapons. The kid had a ton of weapons. He had the most weapons. He had more weapons than Sam ever had. You know, and um, so this isn't that type of scenario. But uh, hey, next year, it's next year. You know, we have a lot of time before then, guys. Let's hopefully get this W this weekend. Ruin the Dolphins' season. Hopefully, the Pats don't get injured and everything works out great for us, Mike. That's the best case scenario. They both miss the playoffs. That's what we really want as Jet fans. I know all Jet fans right now are thinking that. All right, but Mike, if anyone does want to get at us or support us in any way, shape, or form, where can they do that? Guys, we're on YouTube. Please like and subscribe. We really appreciate it. We're on Facebook at aebg.jetsradio on twitter at aebg underscore nyj podcast and on instagram at jet.aebg you heard the man i forgot to say happy new year to AEBG. oh yeah happy new year well all right we always forget holidays when it's thanksgiving when it's christmas anything i'm always hyped to give a shout out for that day and i always forget because i just get into and, my jet and also we would be remiss saying we hope that the hill peoples uh are are doing and their team is doing yeah. from what happened. That, that whole scenario you know, was... I've never seen anything like that in my life on football. So, I'm, you know, all of our thoughts and prayers are with the young man. Yeah, I mean, that was just... Uh, I'd never seen anything like that either. Um, and I know DeMar Hamlin, uh, you know, he seems like he has a lot of friends in the NFL. A lot of people obviously supporting him and stuff like that. People even from other teams that are really close to them. I'm happy he's doing good, talking in better condition. We make jokes about the Hill people. We make jokes about Buffalo and all that type of stuff. But that aside, you know, we're all just human beings running around this world. You want everyone to be healthy, be safe, live a long life. So um, hopefully he's okay. And uh, Bill's mouth, I hope your boy gets healthy as soon as possible. On behalf of the biggest Jet fan in the state of Texas, Michael Agaris, my name is Keith Farrell. Be you next week, everybody. Peace out.